Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome again to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of bass guitar, the show of Motorhead, David Bowie, Connecticut, New York, Justin Elliott again. How does he end up in the story again? Today's interview is with the amazingly mustached Florian Meunier. He's a Connecticut guy. He's a New York guy. But something drove him to Austin, where he currently works at the world-class half-step bar down there on Rainy Street in Austin, Texas. We have a very, very good chat. We get to talk about music, and we get to talk about Calvados, a lot of different things here, but I do want to apologize. I had to cut the interview slightly short due to some technical issues. We are in the era and the age of technology, and hell if it doesn't let me down sometimes. But without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Florian Minier. Thunder, well, one of a couple. Mickey Six, right? From Motley Crue, oh, he yeah. played a Thunderbird, right? Uh, yeah, I just I, I don't know, but we always fell in love with it. I always loved the Gibson basses. Yeah, just uh, I don't know the field. Like I, I play with a pick predominantly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. driving it like. Oh yeah, like coming growing up on punk and metal like that was the only way to go. Yeah. Um, the, so, yeah. Imagine this real quick. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Lemmy didn't use a pick. Oh, it would be the, it'd be fucking useless. I'm so right? I'm so glad that I got to see Motorhead. Did you live. get him to see him at Stubbs this last time? No, I saw him back in New York. Uh, what was it? I think at the Roseland. Oh, uh, you saw him at the Roseland back. It was either Ro- yeah, it was Roseland. Um, God, I don't I don't even know how many that's years ago. That was probably that's probably about six seven years ago. Beautiful venue. Um, and yes, I was in the pit, and yes, <laughs> I got punched in the face by a big metal chick accidentally. And, and you uh, guys got married. No, uh, not no, not quite. I I was actually well, someone of my stature when they go into a metal pit, pretty much gets picked up and thrown across the room. <laughs> so that's what happened, and she just happened to be pumping her fists in the air and punched me right in the mouth. Jesus! <laughs> but but it is that in a Motorhead pit? So mm-hmm. some pits are very communal; they'll pick you up off the ground. But in a Motorhead pit, mm-hmm. she punches you across the face. She's like, "Oh shit!" Well, and she brings you up, or I mean, how is that pit? Yeah, as I was falling backwards, she. Grabbed me and asked me if I was okay. And that's good. That's, see, that's <laughs> planted a big wet sloppy kiss on my oh. on my cheek, and then just threw me back right in. <laughs> that, but that's that's what you that's what you'd expect, you know. Yeah. No, that's it was amazing. good. It was definitely like had more of those like communal kind of punk yeah pit vibes, not so much like we're just gonna stop your ass in the ground. Right. Like a sick of it all show. <laughs> yeah. You remember? You remember sick of it all? Because you were in New York for a while. Sick of New York. Sick mm-hmm. of it all. That's from New York. I remember they had this video in it, and I don't expect anybody to remember this because this was one. In my teenage years, I'm watching Alternative Nation or 120 Minutes. <laughs> and so I was fucking sick of it. There's this show, excuse me, the Sick of It All video that clearly delineates the type of moshing. So it's, a, so it's yeah. like the lawnmower, mm-hmm. the picking up change, right? <laughs> like all these kind of things. And I, I was like, holy shit, this like, how did they manage to capture the dance moves of a nation? It's crazy. It's totally crazy. <laughs> did you have a move or was it just... Kind of being in the pit. No, my, my move was just pretty much being tossed across the pit. <laughs> <laughs> and hoping for the best. <laughs> the pacifist. That's what they call it. Yeah, or like, you know, the, the scrawny guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. How was the show? It was amazing. It was so loud. My ears were ringing for, ah, oh, man, I don't even know, probably like four or five days. Really? Um, yeah, actually, I was working at uh, Macau back in New York at the time, and I okay. went with uh, with Deshaun and a friend of his. And, uh, oh, really? Justin Elliott was there, too. No shit. Yeah. He will uh, tell you just how loud it actually was. <laughs> um, I think he said that he left about two songs before the end because his ears were ringing so bad that oh he went God. outside to smoke a cigarette, and uh, he was still hearing like weird harmonics bouncing oh, off. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah. It was loud. <laughs> really loud. Isn't that Rick bass? Like all kind of oh, man. Uh, 
shredded out and kind of just really slight and tinny. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that does to your ears, man. I, I, I probably still somewhat deaf <laughs> because of that show. I think medically you still are feeling it to this. To the, you have to like in some some respect. Yeah. Did it did it hit you pretty hard? I know I talked to Jeff Boley about Lemmy and he was an icon, you know. So how did you yeah, feel? Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, it was a bummer, unexpected. Yeah. I mean, especially you know, with plus Bowie, like just like right, a couple dude. weeks later, like it was just a weird, like left to right, like, like combo. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, now and Rickman. Yeah, Jesus, like, give me a yeah. break, please, someone <laughs> stop fate for just a second. Like whatever is up and causing the shit to like cycle out people and cycle out beans. It's, it was tough. Well, it's like a. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, like all the dolphins are leaving all of a sudden. Like. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> like, we're the fuck out of it. We're getting out of like, here. Uh, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> so you are you a Texan? I don't. I don't know that about you. No, actually. Uh, fun fact: I grew up in Connecticut. You grew up in Connecticut. <laughs> well, you are white, so I mean the, the stats are for you. Yeah, that's that's true. Where um, where in Connecticut? Uh, about an hour and a half north of uh, New York City. Uh, oh no shit! Okay. On my mom's side of the family, all like everyone, all my aunts and uncles still live there. Really? Uh, in the city itself. Yeah. Um, you know, all from Long Island and upstate, and uh, so yeah, it was just in my blood. I mean, I knew I was going to end up in New York eventually. And, so close, right? Yeah. Um, did a quick stop in New Orleans for a year before uh, moving up to the city, but uh, yeah, lived there for four years, and I mean, really cut my teeth in the whole. Yeah. You know bar music thing up there what, what is what is it like growing up in connecticut i grew grew up kind of all different places predominantly white places can I tell you? <laughs> salt lake city for example being the uh the, the, the most albino the, the, of them all. <laughs> <laughs> but so but you were born in connecticut mm-hmm. raised in connecticut yep and any brothers or sisters uh, i have two two uh, brothers a brother sorry. who's two and a half years younger and then uh a half brother who's uh uh, 17 years younger than I am. Jesus, quite a bit younger. So the oldest of those. Yeah. Yeah. And how old are you now? Uh, I just turned 30. <laughs> I know it took me long enough. Finally got around to <laughs> it doing it. It took you long enough. <laughs> eventually, you're going to turn 30. You better watch out. But eventually, it'll fucking happen. Let's, I mean, it happens to the best of us. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm sorry. Oh, I, man. I was I'm so sorry. excited. like Because I'm... So I might be the oldest of... Uh, uh, you know my siblings yeah but i've always been the youngest of all my friends yeah um you know just starting when i was living in new york i was like this 20 21 year old kid and i i heard you weren't even like supposed to be working at a couple places because you weren't even no that's yet. not exactly is that not true, true? Uh, is that is that what, what i was folklore like, so i know justin said yeah on this podcast that i was 20 when we met yeah it's not true i was 21 i was 18 <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, I started, I started working in bars and restaurants when I was 18, just bar backing and all that. Yeah. Um, but by the time we all started hanging out, like, I was the 21-year-old, and everyone else was, I don't know, was just six, older, seven, eight year. years older than I was, yeah. and I was just always the kid. And it's still the case, even though now I turned 30, I'm still the kid. <laughs> <laughs> We're all older. If somehow, yeah. like, when you get older, it just kind of accelerates your aging. I think that's an Einsteinian theory, actually. Yeah, I think that was uh, he wrote that right before the whole dark matter. That's right. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> so, so what? I I hope I hope you were playing bass in high school. Were you doing the band thing? Um, were yeah. You playing? So as far as all that goes, I mean, I started. I took piano lessons when I was like I think five, six, seven. Hated yeah. it like every kid does. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, my mom made me do it. Did your mom make you do it? uh yeah <laughs> but, that, but are you i'm thankful i am too i mean it's I, totally I, a great thing there are a lot of musicians on uh in my family and so yeah. it, like the, i don't know if it was drawn to it always kind of felt natural to be playing an instrument one way or another something right like then, it just you think it's a part of our just of our brains and how we kind of express ourselves is it the the physical I, movement i mean I, I mean i couldn't tell you but i think people are just sometimes have a knack for certain talents and, yeah you know other things i mean it's in your blood i'm not very good at spelling but (laughs) (laughs) but the hell if i can't write a good melody (laughs) yeah give me uh give me a through g and i can figure it out yeah (laughs) i like it it's good so Uh, you're doing piano lessons kind of i guess up through middle school or was that later in life yeah i mean for a couple years and then um started picking up the bass started picking up the guitar Mm -hmm. around like i think 11 or 12 oh wow yeah pretty Um, young then started bass 
mostly um then switched to guitar and was doing that more in high school then when i went to college i started focusing on bass more yeah and uh would you where'd you go to college uh really tiny liberal arts college in uh western massachusetts uh called uh simon's rock i'm not yeah i'm not familiar what uh, so liberal arts what uh, what are they known for would you say uh early admissions that's what they're known for that, that's actually the the basis of the primary no shit. program so the majority Get you through it early well most of the uh like the incoming classes mostly after their sophomore or junior year of high school oh okay, coming okay. In. so yeah i went to college when i was 16 and wait, 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 and wait now, wait, now wait. i've been bartending for are you, 10 years <laughs> are you some kind of savant i'm like doogie hauser no, very I, very I, academic I, w- I wouldn't go that far but, but, <laughs> but so so well how'd you how'd you write you have to i mean all right let's put it this way you got to be driven to some degree to graduate by 16 to head up to college. Technically, I never graduated, but... Oh, good. Okay. All right. Good. Don't, yeah, I was, I, for a minute, I felt very threatened. My, my whole intellect was threatened. But. Uh, no, they just got this program for you know high school kids that feel that they're ready to take the next step in whatever wow. form or whatever uh, field they want to kind of pursue their yeah, academics. Yeah. And for me, that was music. And, you know, especially getting into punk at that age i was like i'm not going to college like fuck this shit <laughs> uh, what is so please help me understand what punk punk bands were very influential was it there's something that you heard like this this defines it now fuck college i'm not doing it uh, i mean I, I think it was just more being turned off by high school and listening yeah. to like a lot of like dead kennedys and stuff like sure. that it's like yeah i'll just move to the city and like be in a punk band i'm gonna it's gonna be everything's gonna be cool it's yeah awesome. it'll all work out because that's the mentality you have sure. when you're you know 14 15 years old absolutely like, um uh, joe you know ran for governor of or a uh, mayor of san francisco. mayor of san francisco yeah yeah also puts on a hell of a show oh i can't imagine like, I, I, <laughs> I, saw him, I imagine he's still amazing i saw him with the melvins uh years ago uh at a small theater in northampton massachusetts and yeah he was amazing that's incredible like the melvins opened up and then they became his backing band. And before he ran, they were his backing band. Yeah, it was Jello and the Melvins. No shit. Doing a lot of like old DK stuff. Yeah. Um, so before he comes on stage, I'm like, well, this is like you know, 2004, maybe. Yeah. He you, might, you, he might you're be young. You're yeah. real young. Well, I was like, he might be old and fat and bald <laughs> and like like Buzz what, Osborne. Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> what am I? What what am I to expect right now? <laughs> And they launched into Chemical Warfare, and he ran on stage, and like Everything his voice sounded better than you could possibly imagine. Oh like, man! It just he tore right into it. it That's was amazing. Probably one of the best shows I've ever been to. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I I remember that. That was so. I think it kind of went when I think about the the chapters when I was younger, and I'm, obviously I'm a bit older than you. I'm like six years older than you, but like Black Flag was a chapter, mm-hmm. right? Of course, as as it is. Mm-hmm. Minor Threats a chapter. Now, mm-hmm. this isn't chronological order, <laughs> mind you, because I think Minor Threat came... Well, actually, no, uh, Black Flag, even before Rollins, is 79. So, it's it's before mm-hmm. Minor Threat. So, Black Flag, Minor Threat. And then you get Dead Kennedys. Yeah. Right in the middle of that, right? And it's just like kind of looser, kind of more West Coast. Because he's, he, he's from West Coast. They were from West Coast, weren't they? Or well, they J- Jello was from, I think, like Colorado or something. Yeah, he, something moved like, out, he moved out to San Francisco. Different, point, right? Something very... looser, kind of like more liberal but but that's a nice that is one of the the eras the chapters yeah. of the narrative when we're getting into punk rock at least for mm-hmm. at least for me right and then yeah. you get into kind of like well bad religion rounds in 77 well, i actually i had the fortune of having a good friend of the family who was pretty much my older brother yeah and uh he was a little bit older than i i was well i guess considerably older but mm-hmm. uh i was starting to listen to like the offspring and green yeah. day yeah, and like because yeah, yeah. that, that's, 90s, that's right? what was coming out mm-hmm. you know what we were listening to and i remember i was playing one of the offspring records and then he was like okay cool and then he gave me a uh bad brains eye against eye oh, and geez. uh jane's addiction nothing shocking yes. like why don't you take a listen to these <laughs> and then we'll talk in a couple weeks and like mind blew your blown. mind right i was like oh my god and it just and that opened the door to like everything else and then like yeah nothing you know, shocking is it's punk but halftime in yeah. a sense right like it's still pretty fast and but no, to think that navarro was writing riffs like that mm-hmm. and then he is what he is now like it's, 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 a, it's a very strange kind of thought you yeah know? I, I stopped paying attention to him after i saw he was on that reality show yeah. like, all those years ago you do that oh, you dude do that. but at that moment at that exact time like 
was it vibrant? It what, what did it motiv- Did it motivate you to go play more music to get the fuck out of high school? Or yeah, definitely. I mean, all that music, like just in everything I was listening to. I mean, from I, mean, I was picking like Tool and Nine Inch Nails yeah, as well, right. like back at the time, and like just everything was like, this is what I want to do for my whole life. And, yeah, you know, of course. Did, how did your mom changed. feel? So your mom like put you into piano. Mm-hmm. She could. She obviously expected. At least my not my mom did that. That's gonna lead. That's a gateway instrument. So it's gonna lead you into bass. Yeah, I mean, she was always super supportive of, of all. Is that what that. she wanted? I mean, like, what did what did she do? Was she in the arts at all? Or yeah, she uh, fashion design. No uh, shit. Yeah, in, she went in to like, Connecticut. Uh, well, in FIT originally, mm-hmm. uh, that's when she went to school and then yeah. worked in the industry and all that. Uh, she teaches French mostly. Really? Uh, but Mini- yeah, Minier. She, uh, Mi- oh yeah, Minier. Yeah, yeah, Minier. Florian Minier. A little bit French, just I, just a little. Bit. I didn't want to assume. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, she, but she, but so you had like, I, I, I love that about moms, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm reading between the lines, but was your dad around at all? You, yeah. Oh, fo- definitely. He was. Okay. Oh, but yeah. they split at some point. She's talking about half brother, half. Yeah. I think I, it was like five or six. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty young still. Not but I mean, he, we're, we're all close. Is he, uh, is he French as well? Oh yeah. He's where all the French come from. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was actually he was born and raised in France. Uh, oh no, kidding. he's the only one of his siblings that lives over here. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Was he was was he, was he also influential like when it comes to art, music, and, and film and all that? Definitely. Well? I mean, I think both of my parents have been super supportive. Yeah, that's so great, uh, man. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 cool being. I don't know carrying on that legacy of moving away from home and yeah. establishing yourself somewhere else. Like sure, and punching people in the pit, and punching people, in the pit. <laughs> getting punched in the pit. There, <laughs> I wanted to shift the power dynamic a little bit, but yes, that's right, getting punched <laughs> in the pit. But so, how long did you stick out school then, as a young uh, lad? So, uh, the let's college see. bit. Well, yeah, the college I went for two years, got my associates. Oh, good. Okay. And, what what uh, music major? Uh, I mean, liberal arts after two years, gotcha, which okay. is. Whatever you what, wanted, whatever you want to make of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all my electives were all music. Uh, a couple of years in mu- music theory and composition, yeah, electronic music, and really all that. Played in a band for you know all the time that I was up there, and yeah, I don't know. Just so you did it. You it. did the life. Do you live on campus, or do you have an apartment, or what? Uh, up there uh, on campus, it's, it was like I said, small school. I think yeah. maybe three hundred and fifty people. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Shit. small school that's real <laughs> that's amazing though i mean so you're i mean you're like 16 17 right you're doing this yeah i graduated program. when i was 18 yeah moved what's to going th- sorry go ahead. no no after you, yeah what's, like, <laughs> what's going through your head at that point like you've got some music mm-hmm. you've got supportive parents which seldom happens <laughs> with music right yeah you're like what is my next step now is that where new york kind of comes on to the horizon or uh to a certain extent or extent i'm uh i'd say like a lot of us that were trying to pursue a career in say something like music yeah um you know you try you're like okay cool well while i'm looking for a band how do i pay the bills right what do i do and so sean who was the same guy that gave me eye against eye and nothing shocking yeah yeah uh he was a bartender in new york no shit so, Wait, so can you tell me your guys' relation? Is he like a half-brother, an he, uncle? He, wor- he worked for my dad. Oh, he worked for your dad. What'd your dad do? Uh, he, at the time, was uh, uh, owned a, a tile and uh, like a uh, uh, countertop, like okay, stone. Okay, okay. Uh, so, and did installations and things like that. Did you ever help out doing the installs or anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I know so, my way around a wet saw. <laughs> I wasn't very good, but... Still, but you still know your way. That was hey first job. Yeah, like here, take this pallet of stones and cut them in half. Like, Jesus oh, okay. Christ, really? <laughs> <laughs> so you get you. So obviously, you build kind of a pretty good relationship. You're working in the trenches is where you develop so many of those relationships, right? Yeah, absolutely. And he's like, man, you got to check out these records. And so he's in New York. Well, he bartending. was yeah, he was he was bartending, and um, you know, being kind of a you know that older brother figure. Mm-hmm. I was like, that looks that looks cool. Like I could do that, and he actually got me my first job in New York. Uh, when I moved there, they had a hole at Barback at uh, this club in the Meatpacking District. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "If you want to start next week, like you got it. Come on, <laughs> come on down." And yeah, that's where I started cutting my teeth, like like real volume and all that. But it, it was it. Did you have any predilection? So, 
how about this? Did it feel like because you were doing the one thing you couldn't do the music anymore, or it was just a means to the end so you could do the music? No, I think just over time, uh, sort of the the ratio changed. Yeah, um, that that balance, right? Yeah, um, and when it became, I mean, clearly you got to be real lucky to be able to make a living. <laughs> playing music pretty goddamn <laughs> yeah. yeah even connie is struggling with it so. oh yeah that guy uh <laughs> but yeah and i mean just and over over the years kind of getting more exposure to you know the service industry yeah. um you know restaurants bars like the whole cocktail scene and um yeah just kind of finding my own in in that industry as well mm. and realizing that that's not only something that i could got a paycheck from but like that i really enjoy maybe you could throw right? because <laughs> how how different is it really to Not write really. a melody just... versus making a cocktail it's the same we're, thing. we're on stage <laughs> that's totally thank you fucking thank you for it because that's it is the same thing man you're performing now mm-hmm. whether you choose to say well it's just how you are hospitable that's the dynamic right but right. it is you're on stage you're concocting a melody mm-hmm. it's a matter of balance and all that like did only because I'm trying to conform to the way I think about cocktails. <laughs> cocktails are songs, man. I mean, you know, it's low, medium, high. Pretty much. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're just throwing together like what has already been done a hundred million times before, and just absolutely, you know, trying to just do it the best you can. Right. Hopefully, it resonates. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think that after all these years, I can. You know, find, my, find my way around four ingredients or four <laughs> strings, like however you want to put it. <laughs> well, I started playing bass because six was just too much. Yeah, well, that's how it happens. That's true. <laughs> for, for some of us, you know. Yeah. So, but you took. Do you feel like you took to it? I mean, being a bar back, being in the industry, having those ingredients and all of that. Absolutely. What, what year are we talking when you were bar back in? Oh, geez. Um, two thousand four. I think I started. What was it like? Then. it seems like that's seattle pre-nirvana <laughs> like it's just but like in new york that it's bubbling it, up i mean that's that's when things were like really starting to take off yeah and uh yeah i mean i think like employees only just opened up all the mm-hmm. milk and honey bars it just like we're starting to pop up yeah um i still don't think sasha had a printer at that point which <laughs> is why they didn't have a menu yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it was like so. I guess I, I, in some respects, I found myself at the right place at the right time. Yeah, and you know, after a couple of years getting to know like Jay and Deshaun and Igor, like working in Macau, mm-hmm. um, just kind of like really like started to see everything just happening. Um, did you re- the, did you realize at that point that like shit was really starting to break out? Uh. Yeah, I think more of my focus was still on music and the band at that point. Yeah, but like you could see it, like a you know, cocktail competitions, national, um, you know, like I think Tails was really starting to take off at right. that point. Um, and so I, like I, I I could realize that there was there's something there was something it. going on. It wasn't just fast fashion, right? Yeah. Like it would like okay, well maybe this is an industry, maybe this is a movement. Yeah, and that was I think that was another big thing for me was after a couple of years in New York. Like seeing people who are proud to be career bartenders, yeah, who were getting to be in their mid thirties, like approaching forty, and like they were just they were they were a bartender, it's and a they career. were proud to be a bartender, and like they're like this is what I do, this is my profession, yeah, and I'm proud to do it. Don't you think it's an interesting? So that's a great thing to think about to frame it because for so long it's like well bartenders are just a means to an end for the patron behind the bar, but. The way the industry has went, it's allowed for creativity, it's allowed for bar ownerships, it's allowed for menu management, beverage programs, all this thing. And so do you feel like at that point no one took bartenders seriously? I think to a certain extent people, uh, the portion of the population still doesn't. Yeah, Um, I I agree, yeah. And, uh, you know, because it is, I guess, in some circles still considered to be like, say, you know, a dead-end job or just like, you know... And that's prob- I mean, probably one of the most insulting things you can ask of a bartender or a waiter, or really any service industry professional is, yeah. so what do you do? And I As mean, if it's not enough, right? And it's like, well... You, what are, you, you, is, you take is, care of the kids at home? Like, what do you, yeah, you, like, do you what, have a job? What, what, what do you do? Like, I'm, I'm here to provide you with 
a good time. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making your drinks or I'm bringing you food or whatever yeah. it is. Like this is a, this is a huge like profession in yeah. our society. I'm not just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just making nachos in a microwave to it's serve. Like, ah, it's like, oh, we get no respect, no respect <laughs> for what we do. But, but it's yeah. changing. That's changing. It is. It is. That notion changing. is changing. It's been, I think, definitely an uphill, uphill battle yeah. trying to get, you know, the, the like, just perception of the service industry to change as, yeah. you know, a real career. And it is. And yeah, totally. I mean, Either that or I've been wasting the last 12 years of my life. <laughs> the same shit could be said about a musician, right? Like you go and you tour and you lose money and you, you eat dinty more out of a can, you know? Like That's how it goes. But so you go from a cow to pretty big spot, if I understand correctly, right? Like you, well, we, you're we, moving up. So, and- well, yeah. So Justin and I moved to Savannah for a year before coming out here. So, so your relationship did... So Justin worked in Macau. No, he and how'd I, you guys meet? Uh, we had a lot of mutual friends back in New York, and yeah. just got introduced, like serendipitously, some, some like a John Cusack romance. It, it was outside the levee one night. I was uh-huh. hanging out with my friend, and like he was like, "Dude, you got to exchange numbers with this guy." And then cut to like six months later, we decided to put a band together. And why? Why do you think they uh, matchmaked you two? Uh, because I was looking for a band at the time and he was playing in this band called Ghost Runner, uh-huh. which was going through a little bit of a rough patch. And, uh, my other friend, John, who introduced us, um, his band, his old band had been opening up for them a whole bunch. And mm-hmm. we ran into each other at a bar and he was like, dude, I got to introduce you guys. And then, uh, we exchanged numbers and then that was that. Like, oh shit. So yeah. Kindred spirits. Pretty much. <laughs> it's amazing. Those, it was one of those everything happens for a reason kind of moments. It totally I guess. does. Um, so you guys start playing in a band, but then you're transitioning out of Macau, though. At that point, right? I hadn't been. I had. I wasn't working there yet. Okay. Okay. Um, oh God. I think it was. So it was probably 2006. Yeah. We started playing together. And then you know we the whole band moved in together, or most of the band moved in together, and sad bastard it, genre. That's what Justin calls it. Sad bastard. Yeah, it was a little different when we first first started, but it definitely started traditioning more country and less metal. Yeah, like, <laughs> as the years went on, you have to at some point. Yeah, you got to yeah. make a decision. More metal? Would you, you want to do metal or country? Man, so expensive trying to cab it with a five piece from gig oh to gig in New York City. <laughs> Holy shit! Thank you, thank you so much for being so honest about it. Like sometimes you just play genres because it's easier to. Jet that shit around. Yeah. Like, a fucking Ampeg 5 by 10 or like a 5. Yeah, 6 by 10. 6 by 10. Or 6 by 8. Oh, no. Or, yeah, the A10. Oh, God. Yeah. I wanted one of but those so bad. No, but I, it's amazing, right? But who wants to carry that shit around to play loud music? Even going to practice. <laughs> I don't even want to practice with the big cat. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking insane. Uh, That's how it goes? Lost track for a second. What were we talking about? <laughs> so you guys are living together, yeah. you and Justin, forging so, this wonderful relationship, and then yeah. this next career opportunity comes about? Well, so I, I was, you know, I, just like any young kid up and coming in the service industry, I had to mm-hmm. get fired a couple times. Sure. You know, because... Did you flip off your boss ever? No, it was oh. more like oversleeping. <laughs> well, well, way better than flipping off your boss. But, you know, I mean, live and learn and... Sometimes you got to learn it the hard way. Yeah, of course. You're young. <laughs> like, you have so much time to make up for that shit at that point. Oh, yeah. Because you're like 20, you, at 21 yeah, or 20 21, at this point, right? 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what do you have to lose? Yeah, show up. It's like, yeah, that's your third time that you overslept. I'm sorry. You can go back. You overslept. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Drops the mic, walks out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like he, he went to UT. Mm-hmm. And well, I, so basically, after a couple of years of being just like a Brooklyn band, we're like let's let's try to make our names for someone or for ourselves somewhere else. Mm. Uh, thought Savannah sounded appealing. Did that for a year. Uh, wasn't exactly what we thought it was going to be. Like, it, was, it was great. It was a I love Savannah. Great city. It's like why so why Savannah? You had everywhere uh, the slave trade. I don't. I don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course. No. It's, of course. Like, I'm it, kidding. It, 
you know, big art school, um, beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, felt like we could kind of go down, like really just make a name for ourselves there. Yeah. Um, small pond. Pretty much. Yeah. Got it. Um, and it was great. The, uh, the album that we recorded down there is, is awesome. Like, just still love two. it. What was uh, it called? Everyone's going to go to uh, Spotify uh, now. Tecumseh. Tecumseh. Mm-hmm. Like the Indian well, chief? Like uh, William Tecumseh Sherman. Ah. Mm-hmm. Cause that was the one city that he spared. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Was uh, this more metal or more country at that point? A lot more country. It was just the two of us. Oh. Uh, it was after we had already decided that we were moving uh, out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like, well, we got another six months on our lease. Let's uh, like, let's just fire up the laptop and like record some of these songs that we've been writing. And yeah. so just the two of us did the whole thing. That's amazing. And, uh, you guys play out now? We're working on it. I thought, <laughs> I thought so. I had a feeling. Justin is eager, I think. We we all are. It's it's a it's a matter of like finding time and like, you know, it's t- it's always tough, man. The, like between I'm, between work and families and sure. You know, Luckily, you don't have around. any kids though. Uh, no, just a dog and two cats. <laughs> Different. At least it's like quarter time commitment. Yeah, I have a Vox AC30 downstairs with blue backs that I'm like, should I sell it? Yeah. Should I not? I'm getting older. I'm like 36 oh, now. What am I gonna do? I still got my first guitar amp it was a i think 64 um fender blackface bandmaster holy shit really uh-huh. 210s 212s uh half stack 212s with oh, a head shit. it's mismatched i think the cab is 66 yeah if i remember correctly that's still amazing but it's like it's just sitting there i'm in not mad collecting you. dust i'm like what do i do <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting out you're like oh well i just got a rehab well it's, uh, it's cool man like you don't have to look at this yeah. wonderful array of alcohol that we have on the table for the other guests <laughs> it's like what am i gonna do how am i gonna rectify it's it? like your favorite you know old band t-shirt from yes. you know from high school it smells like, good fits well like holes everywhere sure. like but you can't wear it to work no but you want to wear it to work you can't really even wear it around the house <laughs> just like the ah. windows are shut right yeah right so did you go? Did you guys go back to New York after Savannah, or did you actually go to Austin after Savannah? Uh, we moved directly. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, uh, and that was just over five years ago. That's it. You two yeah. are new- <laughs> newcomers to Austin. But it's also it's crazy for me because, like, at that point, I realized that I had been living in Austin longer than I lived in New York City. And how, how long? So so five years here. What three years there? Four years there. Five years here any regrets moving no not at all it's killer right it's pretty badass <laughs> <laughs> talk about small it's medium pond it's oh medium yeah pond. but it's so small i mean the whole world is so small sometimes sure. like they're just coincidences that you're just like i got i'm i gotta move <laughs> I'm, I'm going to the moon absolutely <laughs> so what and i've never really talked about this coincidence but there was this dude when i was i was going to middle school in salt lake city and, you know, teenage years, Eastmont in Salt Lake City. And I just moved there from Phoenix. I'm, like, new to all of it, right? And there's this dude. He's fucking, like, 6'6". Six, six. I'm, like, I'm 13. How the fuck are you that tall? I'm 13. I'm hairy, but, like, I, I'm not tall, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this dude's 6'6". Six, six. Mm-hmm. Cliff Culpepper. And he'll never find this out or any of this. But I remember his name because it's, it's a good brand. Cliff Culpepper. Culpepper? That's a great fucking name, right? So this dude, because he was taller, larger, he had developed before the rest of us. He mm-hmm. was able to drive to school. In middle school, he had this like shitty Geo Metro or whatever. <laughs> of course he did, which yeah, he probably but- couldn't even fit in. <laughs> <He> couldn't even- <laughs> it's like that episode of The Simpsons is like, this is the car I could afford, young man. Anyway, so-, <laughs> so he has this Metro, right? And he's, he's a really big guy, really, really tall. And He's driving to school. I'm like, God damn, this guy's awesome. At that point, awesome guy. Mm-hmm. This is Salt Lake City, 95, 94. Go forward to 2003, 2002. Quite some time later. I'm in Denton, Texas, buying Radiohead tickets before the internet was the way to get tickets through Ticketmaster. I'm right. staying at a Kroger. Out <laughs> yeah. Camping out at a Kroger. Oh, man, I think I had to go to like, like strawberries music one time outside of the mall. Yeah. 
Take us to some show. Exactly yeah. right. So you like, but you get it. Like you <laughs> yeah, have to yeah. stay out there. Nine a.m., ten a.m., whatever it is, you got to go bug the box box office for Ticketmaster. Mm. And so I'm there, Denton, Texas. My parents had somehow they moved from Salt Lake to Houston to Corinth, Texas, Denton, Texas, outside of Dallas. And so I'm there, ten a.m. in the morning, waiting for these Radiohead tickets. Kid A tour, mm-hmm. mind you. Fucking Cliff Culpepper. <laughs> In Denton, Texas, six years later, this dude is in the line with me to buy Radiohead tickets. <laughs> All of a sudden, I think the world is a big farce because it's like, there's no way. There's yeah. why? Why would that happen? And luckily, I was a little bit taller, so he seemed shorter. Because <laughs> <laughs> I went through puberty. But that that it's that moment, kind of thing that but that that happens all the time. It does, but that's I mean, I got crazy. I got one from here even. in Austin. Yeah. Okay. So. A couple years back, I'm still at Haddington's at this point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I get a text from Justin, and he's like, yo, there's this Japanese rockabilly kid that uh, our buddy Thomas texted me. He just moved to town. He's kind of into cocktails. Mm. Um, he dropped off his resume at Volstead, and you guys might be looking for someone. I sent him your way. I was like, okay, cool. He shows up. Turns out he and I went to college together. Holy shit. All those years <laughs> ago. Uh, so, yeah, like. Charlie? Did you know him? No. I mean, I knew. Uh, yeah, I knew, knew him. Knew of him, right? Like, I mean, we knew we were friends back in college, but I didn't know that. Like, I mean, we had gone so like different paths yeah, that like yeah. it, th- that was the last thing that I would ever expect. And like, I'm I'm setting up the bar, and he walks in, and we look each other in the eyes. Like, I know you. Like, it's like, oh, sh- damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's still here. So he got recommended from like our old lead guitar uh, player in New York to seek us Be out a- when he moved to Austin. That's crazy. <laughs> so the Japanese, I believe, claim that the world is just a, merely a series of holograms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could just fuck them about. Well, be it's just pretty much like none of this makes sense it's just like <laughs> you never watch a movie and the film sticks like you watch this old print like at the draft house or something and, just gunk, 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 and it just that's what yeah. life is just a series of these things in which players are just kind of placed yeah throughout the whole fucking narrative yeah, it's yeah. insane we're all we're all just imagining all of this <laughs> I, are we here right now is this even so. a thing i don't think so are we drinking covetous i mean i am are you yeah <laughs> this is domain dupont mm-hmm. covetous isn't it yeah it's 40 percent Oh yeah. Do you know how old this is? Like what the average age is on this guy? It's got some color, I would imagine. Yeah, let's see. Which one is this? The fiend, I think it's four years. Four years? Two or four, I wanna say. Are you drinking Calvados because you're French? Maybe. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean it's the same, f- it's the same thing as like what we were talking about earlier with you know, predispositions or or you know things like that you're I don't know, like somewhat for whatever reason, mm-hmm. talented mm-hmm. at or have like a knack for. I think some of that is definitely like genetic and passed in your blood or passed down. Like, I don't know what it is. But you get it, right? It's familiar. I've, you get it. So the first the first drink I ever had. Ever. Well, on ish, record. On record ish. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so my dad's French and would always drink uh, uh, pastis during the summer. Sure, of course. Because it's nice, fantastic. crisp. Yeah. And like, that's the first drink I can remember having because, you know, he'd have it and, you know, the louche would happen and be this yeah. beautiful, like, just opaque yellow, white yeah. thing on like ice. Like lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, give me a taste of that. And, like, a lot of kids hate licorice. A lot of adults hate licorice. I love licorice. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But I remember taking that first sip and I was like, this, 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 this is, is me. This is, this is the shit right here. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like this. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's like some of that stuff is like just inherent, like just in your it is in in yourself. Have you been? Have you ever been to a place that, let's say internationally, that you've been there, and all of a sudden you felt transported to a place where you truly belonged? That's happened to me one time, and it's so strange. I think so. I want to say so because uh, we went to been... it, but it's it's strange, right? Like, so <laughs> I didn't until later, late in adulthood didn't find out what my genetic makeup was come mm-hmm. from some circumstances having met my father all this kind of stuff right and so it's like i don't know genetically what makes me up 
you know, I like bourbon, but I'm not from the South. <laughs> I like gin. That's, so maybe there's something to that, right? So mm-hmm. turns out, perhaps, and most likely, I've got some British blood, right? Mm-hmm. Great. So we go, we go to London. First time I've been to London here recently. I'm there and I'm like, this just all makes sense. But why? Yeah. Why would why? Why would it make sense, right? Because I've never been there before. I love Brit Rock. I guess, but is it be- do I love Brit Rock because maybe I've got London blood, or do I love- <laughs> do I love Brit Rock because I'm a whiny kid? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But it's so strange. So spirits are no different, right? Like you taste yeah. it, and you're like, this just feels like home. Yeah, definitely. And Cavados specifically is just not. It doesn't feel like home to me, but it does feel natural. The, and- there's something very, I don't know, comforting about it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, cognac too, um, like French wine. Yeah. For example, like I'm like Rhone wines especially, like that's your that's, thing. That's that's my thing. Like Rhone, Provence, like all that stuff, like oh, rosé. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> <laughs> you and Billy should uh share some rosé. I believe Billy being a uh, tall tall gentleman really loves some rosé, which is an interesting fact. Yeah. Well, I think he's like he's got to sit down right now. Isn't he hurt? I hope not. I saw him on Friday. I hope he's not hurt. Oh. Well, he'll still take me. <laughs> He's got reach. He's got like a foot reach. We'll check I mean, the internet to confirm. Yeah. That. <laughs> Billy, if you're listening, I hope you're okay. You're hope. I hope so, man. I hope so. So you moved to Austin. It seems like a good place to move. Is that when you got the Haddington gig, or did you start somewhere else? Uh, yeah, that was my first job. Uh, I actually, you know, because Facebook is this magic it is. thing that never disappears and will always let you know that all that information is forever. On the internet, sure. Apparently, Dick about, pics appar- out there. Yeah. Um. Apparently, about four or five days ago was when I posted that I got a job. So thank you, Bill, for five years ago giving me a five job. Five years ago, <laughs> Mr. Bill Norris, starting it all, a matchmaker in himself, right? Yeah. I pretty much got. I mean, because the Austin scene, especially, was really, really starting to to blow up at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was like showroom Peche, like second had just opened up, Haddington's had just opened up. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't even know if it was Tigris open at that point. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so then, but I don't know. I have to ask Pam. Yeah, I mean, it was super But it started but it was bubbling up. Yeah. You're at the forefront of and this I had, movement. I had one of those ridiculous handlebar mustaches at that point. You don't have it now, do you? Oh, no, thank God. Yeah, no, you got regular facial hair now. Yeah, just the beard. <laughs> <laughs> just the beard, man. Just the, just the beard, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was looking the part of... You know, a guy cocktail, that could do cocktail it. bartender like showed up with a resume a vest and a mustache it was just like hey You're from new york <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what this is about but bill you no, can, was but, but yeah. you couldn't at least I, I don't think you could put a fast on on bill He's no too smart no, no. We, it took me a couple times to go by um before i actually got to sit down with him mm. and we talked for about an hour and just you know because he's also he lived in new york as well yeah, i mean he's sure. a jersey kid yeah for sure um so exchanged some stories, talked, talked about pork talk. rolls. I feel like pork, about roll, <laughs> pork rolls are like the secret handshake I'm finding. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, he gave me a shot, and like, rest is history. Man, especially the mustache. Thank God. The mystery. The, thank God, the mustache is history. Although the, it has its place in time. Just had it, that it, mustache too. He never waxed though. Oh, you you waxed the mustache. Oh man, yeah. What what so, was going through your head to did you want to be Igor impressive? from EO? Oh, oh. Igor always was like, "You're my son." I was like, "I'm gonna grow a mustache to be like Igor." Yeah, and I did. And then after we moved here, I decided to see just how long I could get. After about, I think I finally trimmed it after about a year and a half. Did it start? To, they smell, don't they? No, the wax was good. You, right, you good, don't good. wash it. I mean, come on. Well, I don't wash things. <laughs> I realize, like, how am I, it's not like common. Like, my, you know, you're supposed to wash behind your ears. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. But, Wait, like, I realize I forget. <laughs> I do, and then I'll wear glasses. And I'm like, well, my glasses smell so shitty. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it started brushing against doorways when I was oh. walking through. So I was like, you know, it's about time. I take yeah. about three inches off of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ever work at EO? Uh, no, just Macau. But Igor always forgets that. And every time I go back to visit him, he's like, Come back and pour us shots. I'm like, dude, I don't know where anything is back here. <laughs> I never worked here. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's great. I do. I I thought, yeah, it was like it was very close, right? Like very close to yo, an opening. 
So when did you go after Haddington's? Uh, I went over to Volstead. Volstead, okay. Uh, with Justin. Yeah. And I was doing that. And then after a while, I was doing that and uh, Midnight Cowboy. I think I met I, Midnight Cowboy. So I go back to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's this divine memory. <laughs> this romantic, youthful love. You've got Justin. you got Russell. you got Adam. Oh, man. Loving. Loving. I mean, can you get better of, than that? A bunch of salty dogs, man. Yes. So great. <laughs> so good. So good. And you know, you know, you know Francisco mm-hmm. um and you know, I I uh, reflect for a moment. He said, "You know what we got to do?" Like, what's that, Cisco? We got to go to Georgia and track fucking Trussell down and go interview him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay, let's do that," you know? And because it is as as far as Austin's concerned, and I say this again, <laughs> this is multiple times, but that was, that's where it started. Yeah. That's like where it really, really, really started. You know? No, no problem. <coughs> oh God, it's the water. That's the cold. French aren't meant to drink water. <laughs> if it doesn't have booze, there are no the bubbles. <laughs> I can drink this crap. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> How was that experience over there, Midnight Cowboy? Oh, it was great. Good learning experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you were the youngest one, weren't you? Oh, always. Always. Actually, probably not that time. But who was? Who would have been younger than you? I don't know. Jacqueline? Yeah. Jackie? Yeah, maybe. Oh, no, she's definitely younger than I am. Yeah. Sure. I think so. I probably. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but you were, you, were, you were probably the youngest one operating the car and shit. Uh, probably. Yeah. But you don't uh, care. No. Why would I? <laughs> you're young and you're succeeding. It's a good feeling. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was a good, it was a good time. I mean, just the fact that all of that talent was at the same place at the same time mm-hmm. just that we could you know have fun and just bounce ideas off each other and it's insane it's a cavern they almost literally bounce off the walls there uh well actually literally bounce off the walls <laughs> that's right yeah it's a it's, a it's something point. else it's crazy too like especially like closing time yeah just being on the heart of dirty six right there like oh you ever get into trouble what you mean there or just in general <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, you don't seem like you've started a lot of fights. Oh, no. Never been in a fight, actually. Yeah. Which is somewhat surprising. But French? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I got no commentary on that. Yeah. I mean. That's good. That's good. good no, it's you. good. It's good. It's good. I don't want to be in a fight. I hear it's terrible. <laughs> Wait, you're saying you want to fight for it? What are we? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Punch me in the face. I want that. That, that yeah. seems reasonable. But it is. I hear it's it hurts. Good. It has consequences. It doesn't I don't like either of those. <laughs> I don't like consequences? <laughs> So when yeah. did, when did you ultimately connect up with Bostic and Halfstep? Well, Bostic also knows like Justin from sure. way back in the day because he's born and raised Austin. Um, yeah. So again, small world, if you will. Um, Very small. Actually, I'm drink. Hold on, I'm gonna take a sip of this Calvados because okay. sometimes it's just too small. It's sometimes it's too small. It's too small. Um, so yeah, I mean that's how we were introduced when we moved back. Uh, just through it's okay it's all too small it's mm-hmm. a big small mm-hmm. world the reason why most of us are here right now <laughs> and i'm speaking about myself and all my best friends sure it's because of all them they all knew each other from 15 years ago back in you know like ut when they yeah. were all like because Bosick went to st ed right he st. went ed. to st ed and then justin uh, went to ut mm-hmm. but they were all hanging out and theater and shows and all that and yeah Everyone all went to New York and L.A. and wherever else. And, um, yeah, when Bostic moved back, that's it's how we were introduced. And it's, it's, it's so it's small. So, it's so small. <laughs> but you know what I like about small? Mm. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> where are you going with this? You could go anywhere in the world and you could find a friend. It's true. Which I like. Yeah. That's something really, really unique and wonderful about this industry you know? yeah and oh absolutely everyone knows everybody they do but it's not that big so the booze industry isn't that big yet no. right it's getting big music i would say is even more it's the same kind of thing right mm-hmm. like you, you you play a show and like you played with this man oh shit uh, i was talking to omar you from oh, yeah. dallas right he played he didn't play with the descendants but he played on the descendants gear I mean, like, what the fuck, really? You know, we talk about like how hard that bass is to play. Am I surprised? No, I'm not. But he fucking played on the Alvarez's bass, you know. 
So we're talking about. So I mean, it's a small world, but I almost feel like we're kind of all brought together because we have similar interests, you know, music and art and drama. I think so, especially as we all sort of try to figure out this whole life and growing up thing. Sure. We kind of start narrowing our focus on the things that we all enjoy yeah. mutually, and then you know, find what find a- each other. <laughs> what age do you think? Is it that we are all growns up? Never. That's right. <laughs> That's the right answer for it. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So how is it being in Hufstead? Wonderful spot. Sasha trained. Did you meet Sasha in New York as well before we, I think he came over to staff to do some stuff? There's here? a chance that I did, but like yeah. I said, at that point in time, I was, wasn't as focused on sort of the whole cocktail Right, right. You're just doing. I think right? so. Yeah, I I met a ton of people up there. It was always, oh hey, yeah, you know, whoever you are. So I may have met Sasha in New York. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, but really got to know him when he started training us down here. How was that experience? Uh, really interesting and crazy and grueling and grueling. <laughs> no, it it was great. I mean, it was uh, it was an opportunity to step back and rethink everything that you'd learned yeah over like, breaking it down yeah it's like okay well we're gonna break down this whole process of bartending step by step yeah and focus on each individual step and make sure that we're dialing that in as perfectly as possible mm. and uh yeah there was a lot of uh do you ever think about walking out no you wanted to stick through it no matter what yeah, absolutely. It's just bartending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we have it. Another great chat this time with Florian Minier of Half Step. He's a musician, a guy from the East Coast, has an amazing mustache, has a great insight about him, and he, he just turned 30. So he has yet to see his greatest years. Perhaps we'll see a bar owned and operated by Florian in the future. And we did have a little bit of technical difficulties, and I apologize for that and having to cut the interview short. We're talking maybe two or three minutes, but the main nugget, if you will, in those remaining minutes in the chat between Fuller and I is that he talks about cleaning up puke. And this is actually a metaphor for experience. You have a lot of people that come up really quickly through the ranks in the industry. They don't particularly pay any dues. And they call themselves a beverage director. They call themselves a mixologist. Whatever it is. We're all here. We're all working. And we should be paying our dues. So, in other words, to paraphrase Florian, if you haven't cleaned up puke, you haven't really been in the trenches. Common thread here at Show to V. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter what it is that you're thinking about Neil Diamond's next record, or you're thinking about grabbing a fine cocktail at Half Step, please keep dancing.